0: All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. Marcus Benjamin here with Frank Tucker, representing for canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Make sure you just subscribe to us on YouTube as well as the website, canescounty.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, big news last night. Jaden Rashada four-star 2023 quarterback decides to flip from Miami to the hated Florida Gators. This was uh, kind of surprised, but kind of looking back at it, uh, we should have seen the writing on the wall here uh, based on just his lack of attendance uh, in the, the Florida State game. Uh, every every commit pretty much was in attendance besides Rashada. Connor Lou was, was the only other guy uh, not there, but he is supposed to be at the Georgia Tech game. And, um, and then Antoine Jackson was actually at a game at the time of the Florida State game, but all other commits in the entire 2023 class were present. So they do lose one of the top quarterbacks in the country, but let's not forget that Miami still had one of the best quarterbacks already in the class already uh, with Emery Williams. This is a guy who uh, was at the Elite 11 and by most accounts performed better than Rashada at the Elite 11, which is the premier quarterback competition event in the country. So big news that came out last night, Frank. So so what are your thoughts Just, uh, just kind of off the bat here?
1: Uh, my thoughts are this is definitely a big loss. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And not only does he decommit, he goes to an in-state rival. That's 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 the shocking part right there. A team he spurned the first time around uh, because all the rumors were that he was a Florida lean uh, when he initially committed in June. So, for for him to flip to Florida is a huge loss, especially with the momentum that you got after Cormani McLean committed to Miami. It's good to have Emory Williams in the class. I, I'm a little skeptical of, of his ability to be an impact guy as soon as he steps on steps on the on on campus um next season because he was two and seven this year with Milton. Had some talent on his team, had a decent year, but not the same year Rashada did. I think he's a good player, high potential type guy. Uh but but overall, this is this is a tough loss for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, it definitely comes as somewhat of a surprise. I mean, losing you don't you don't want to lose any any recruit or any prospect, especially like a four-star guy like Rashada was. But if there's any position group that you could have possibly lost a player, it's there at quarterback because you had two court uh you had two quarterbacks in the class before he flipped. Um, usually teams will take usually one quarterback. That's usually kind of the standard to take one quarterback every year. And it was rumored that Emory Williams was gonna be the player to flip uh for for several months. Um there was rumors that he was, you know, talking to Auburn and, and Florida State and and other schools and, and surprise, surprise um, Jaden Rashada is the one to flip to Florida. Now, Florida was always in, in the running, like you said. And, um, and, and, and I think this is a direct result of the season and what Miami has done this season on offense. Uh, They've looked rather inept on offense and in Rashada's social media post he referenced that he liked what florida has done this season now their season hasn't been all that great either but i guess the appeal of playing in the sec is something that is of interest uh to to him um if you look at the college football playoff that conference has the potential to get two teams in again uh, this year Um, so I think, uh, the, the fact that Miami has not looked good on offense, I think is a factor. I think this is a big factor in him, uh, decommitting. We kind of thought that this would be the case. And I think maybe we're somewhat surprised that we didn't get a lot of, uh, or any players, uh, decommitting to, this point or up until last night. So what are your thoughts on his decision based on what Miami's done on the field this, this season?
1: Yeah. You know, I spoke to some people and they said that one of the big reasons why he decommitted was he wasn't a fan of what Josh Gaddis was doing on offense. Couple that with Florida throwing the narrative out there that Cormani McLean was getting more, and NIL than him, uh, that, that kind of led to him leaving in this class. So it, it is unfortunate. I, I've been pretty adamant that Josh Gaddis is not the issue with the offense overall. Are there some things that he can fix? Absolutely. But it, it's it's apparent that the injuries on this offense have completely ruined ruined the perspective of what this offense could be uh, him wearing, winning the Royals award, award last year and being successful and, and going to the college football playoffs, it, it's what have you done for me lately, right? It, all those things go out of the window. And unfortunately, Rashada left because of Gattis. He left because of the offense. So that's something that Mario is going to have to look at at the end of the year. You hope Emery Williams doesn't flip. There were some conversations about that happening. You got to hope that he doesn't feel like now he's chopped liver. Uh, he wasn't getting that love, though, you know, through the entire recruiting process, but now he is because Rashada decommitted. So it's, you hope that this class can stick together. There, there's still at least six spots available to to go get some guys. I think that they're going to make some big splashes still. I don't think Samson Okunlola is a guy that's going to be affected by the Jaden Rashada decision. I think it was more so because he is of the of the mindset that Mario Cristobal and, and Alex Maribald can develop him as coaches. So we will see, we will see. I, I think that Miami still keeps that top 10 ranking at least and still has potential to push for top five. It's going to be difficult though, after you lose another blue chip kid.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think that Emmy Williams, um, you know, is salty. I guess you could say about not getting, I guess, as much attention, um, I, I think it's probably the first perfect scenario for him. And the fact that he was at two games this season uh, makes me feel like he is uh, definitely bought in to what Crystal ball and the staff is building. Uh, I really think uh, Miami needs to focus on other position groups um, at this point and keep the guys that they have. Of course, if they add. Samson Okanlola, Lola that that would be a big get uh, to an already very impressive offensive line haul. I uh, still need a running back. still need another receiver. still need uh, I would say another defensive back uh, you need, maybe two. Um, and maybe one more linebacker is is kind of what you what you need. And then you also need defensive tackle. there there, there really isn't any defensive tackles. Uh, in the class as of yet. So I think those need to be kind of the focus groups uh, going forward. If they indeed stay with uh, the, the one quarterback for the 2023 class, I do want to ask you, know, who are some guys for the 2024 class at quarterback Miami should consider?
1: Michael Van Buren from St. Francis, who's actually playing a number of Miami's commits at IMG this weekend. Uh, Aaron Norland, uh, out of Langston Hughes is another kid that um, is a really good player and was actually recently down here uh, visiting Miami on an unofficial. Those are a couple guys. Michael Lagway is another guy that, they, that they've that they been recruiting pretty heavily. It seems more so like he's going in the, uh, another direction. But those two guys are, are definitely quarterbacks to watch. C.J. Bailey out of Shama Madonna is also a name that I think is could develop – into a prospect that Miami has to look at just because of the players that he's connected to and his resume over the course of his high school career is a South Florida guy who's six 205 210 pounds with some with some mobility and and improving throwing motion so I think those are probably the three most likely candidates uh to to end up in the class next year for 2024.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And C.J. Bailey was one of those quarterbacks that was at the Florida State game as well, along with a lot of the other Chaminade, uh products like Shia Trader, um, J- Jeremiah Smith, Zaquan Patterson, Dave young Goss, They were all present at the Florida State game. So a lot to look forward to uh, with this class, despite... Losing Rashada, they only dropped down two spots to number nine. But what is concerning is that Florida kind of replaced them at number seven. And also Clemson is now ranked above Miami. So they're now second in the ACC and second in the state of Florida. So we'll move on to the Georgia Tech game. Frank, Miami goes on the road to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech, kind of a middle of the road type of team which Miami is if you want to call them that. I mean, they they you could probably consider them lower than middle of the road based on their record. So they go into this game, questions at quarterback again. I I think Jake Garcia is going to uh, get this start, and but, but expect to see a lot of Ja'Kari Brown in this game, uh, running the football and throwing the football in this in this matchup.
1: Well, what are your first thoughts about going into Atlanta? I think this is going to be a tough one. They're four and five, but they're playing much better as of late under their interim head coach, Coach Key. You don't really know what you're going to get at quarterback because they have two guys that could potentially play. Uh, Both of them are very athletic. Probably the Zach Pyron kid is a better passer than Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims is probably going to threaten you more as an athlete, but both are pretty good players in my opinion. The only reason Sims has had any issues is because of injury, not not really because of play on the football field. We've talked about how they blitz a lot. That's something that could – caused some problems with the offensive line being so banged up. I, I still think Miami has a shot in this game, especially if if they get the run game going, which we've seen them do against the likes of Virginia Tech and, and Virginia. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'd i like to see some continuation of, of getting Henry Parrish, his, his uh, complement of carries, but it's going to be a tough one. It's going to – every game for the rest of the year is going to be rough. It's going to be hard to predict Miami to win just because of what we've seen over the course of the year, no consistency even after they come off a win. So who knows? Maybe Gattis is able to get the best out of Jake Garcia and complement that with the rushing ability of Ja'Kari Brown. We will see, I guess.
0: Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a tough outing just like all of these ACC games have been. They've struggled with teams at the bottom of this conference uh, with barely beating Virginia, barely beating Virginia Tech. Uh, They played in close games against North Carolina. You could say they were blown out by both Florida State and Duke. So I think this game really comes down to two things, and that's if they can run the ball. Georgia Tech is last in the league in stopping the run. So if, if Miami can just run the ball consistently, I expect a heavy uh, uh, a running game script from the start to the end uh, based on this quarterback situation. If they can really start to move the ball running it, uh, mix it up with some zone read type of runs, really get Ja'Kari Brown going with the running game, then they have a chance. And then they also need to stop the run as well. If they can just stop the run and really force, uh, they, uh, I, I'm not sure who, who's going to be starting a quarterback, if it's going to be uh, you know, the new guy who popped in last week or uh, Jeff Sims. Uh, both quarterbacks can run and they have to stop that QB run, which they fail to do pretty much every week. They couldn't (laughs) stop. They couldn't stop Riley Leonard. They couldn't stop, uh, Jordan Travis, Drake may, I mean, the list goes on and on. And is it going to magically going to stop in this game? I don't think so. Uh, just because of logic, and just because you know of what we've seen, I don't, I don't see them stopping the QB run. And if they can't do that, I feel like Miami is going to lose yet another ACC game. But what, once again, if they can find a way to stop the run, and if they can run the ball consistently, maybe they can pull out a close win here. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough environment. Uh, I think. Georgia Tech fans want something to cheer about. Uh, They're they're going to have a whiteout over there at Atlanta, Uh, although it's not a night game. It's a 3.30 afternoon kickoff. Uh, I I feel like this team is trending in the right direction ever since they made the coaching change, and they're going to be ready for Miami, and if Miami starts off slow, this could get ugly quickly.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree, and they got to start off strong. We saw against Florida State, they were looking good defensively for for like three plays there, and then they get a pass interference, right, and the drive continues, and then we see a huge play, and the wheels fell off. But the energy was there at the beginning of the game for me. It seemed like they were ready to play, and then there's just one thing that happens that kind of takes everything out of proportion if they start out strong, say go, go up 10 to 14 points. I think that could, that could lead to a victory for Miami.
0: Yeah. Based on way this, this team is built right now, they are not built to come back at all. Um, there's no way that I can foresee Jake Garcia or Jakari Brown engineering any type of comeback. They have to, they would have to control the clock in this game slow the game down grind it out not make any turnovers limit the penalties and it's something that we haven't really seen from the hurricanes all season <laughs> they they've turned the ball over and they were not able to c- control the clock and they're not able to run the ball so that there's there's not a lot that tells me that miami is going to win this game they're only an underdog by one one and a half Points, and I think that's just because of record and statistics. But I think Georgia Tech is more so ascending upward, and Miami is 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 pretty much ascending downward. And you know, it's just it's it's just hard to believe that Miami will come out with a victory. But hey, I've been pleasantly surprised before watching football, and hopefully the Hurricanes do that for me and. Um, the rest of hurricanes nation on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, hopefully they can pull out a win, man. Hopefully that they can pull out a win because we need some good news here (laughs) in South Florida. It is, it is rough. It is rough for us right now. Quarterbacks decommitting losses against rivals by 40 points. It's, uh, it is uh it is a rough it is tough sledding for hurricane fans right now.
0: Yeah, I'm usually an optimist, you know. I'm usually a positive person, and I am gonna throw a positive spin on here if they do win this game, and let's just say Clemson is going to be a loss. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that, and they find a way to beat Pitt. Then they're bowl eligible. And then, you know, you have potential to win a bowl game. That is best best case scenario for this team. Sadly, that's best case. It's sad that I'm saying that getting the six wins and winning, let's say, the Gasparilla Bowl is a best case scenario for this team. Um, That is the height. That is the ceiling for this team right now. But like I said, there's nothing to me that indicates that that will happen. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest that 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 game, that game against uh, Clemson. Let's just let's just hope they they can get out of that game healthy. That that would be a positive for me. That would be a win for me if they got out of that game without any more significant injuries. That would be a win for me. And despite and if they if they get blown out less than what they did against Florida State, that would be a win for me, too. <laughs> with, uh, so. with the way
1: with the way that Miami is so reactive to, to how things happen, what if Miami did win against Georgia Tech and then beat Clemson? What what do you think? <laughs> what do you think the perspective would be?
0: Hey, we all can dream, Frank. We all can dream. And um, you know. A lot of people say uh, dreams are for losers, you know?
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh,
0: if, if you dream, you, you, you're just hoping. You're hoping that, that something like that will happen. If it does happen, man, you know, Miami is – the Miami fan base is going to be back on the, you know, crystal balling train, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's going to be back – it's going to be back to – the mood that we started the season with if they're able to do that. Um, and, and I think that, I think they'll be, I think the hurricanes fans or, or, or Cristobal will be back in good graces with hurricanes fans. If they're able to win two out of these last three games and at least be competitive in a bowl game, I, I think at this point, you know, we are punting on the season. And hoping that the future continues to look bright, and of course, we didn't get no any good news this week with a decommitment de- that that kind of darkens the brightness of the future, so to speak. But I think overall, you still see Miami in in a top ten class, still have potential to get a couple of more guys, potential, uh, you know, blue chip guys to the class. So the, the future still looks bright, but the present, I think people are just, just want this season to be over with at this point.
1: Yeah. I I, I'm, I'm looking forward to early signing day and getting (laughs) to seven on seven season. That is that I think that's the only way to look at this right now. Uh, the season's been kind of a wash and unfortunately when we, you and I were talking about potentially 10 or 11 wins at the beginning of the year, yeah. we are hoping for six or seven. That is a huge drop off from what we were, per, we were talking about. So yeah, let's, let's, let's just, let's get out of here alive and, and, and hope that uh, let's hope that, you know, things change next season. The the usual, Miami Hurricanes narrative let's there's always next year right yeah yeah sad sad to
0: say that we're saying that with three games left that there's always next year um but hey uh I'm going to try to keep it positive uh for these uh last uh three games and uh you know just kind of hope for the best uh but there there's potential fallout after the season I mean Tons of kids are being rumored to be transferring uh, after uh, the season is is over here. So this could be a totally different looking uh, football team come spring and come next fall with a lot of potential transfers. And um, I think was what was really telling this week is what Coach Gaddis said about. You know, the, the there's really lines of uh, there's a lot of kids not really buying into the culture, um, and they need to infuse more of their guys into the program. That was really a really a telling uh, statement or 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 message communicated to the media. And, you know, it's not even you know directly to the team for for him to say that to the media was really, really telling that it seems as if the coaching staff has kind of lost players. You know, like a lot of players are are not bought in, you know, we're, we're over the halfway mark in the season, and they're not bought into the program. And the results show on the scoreboard, obviously. So this team definitely – has some some soul searching to do. Um, they have some talent searching to do. You have to build this roster not only with top level guys, but you got to fill it out with just a bunch of three star guys, so you don't have these depth issues. So you don't have freshmen, you know, potentially starting every week. We have true freshmen starting every week, and I don't think. I mean, the, these freshmen are talented, you know. West of the Saint, Nigel Lee Kelly, and 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 now Anes Cooper getting getting a plenty of playing time, but that's not the that's not the ideal situation that you want to have your football program in. So they really do need to fix the depth issues, as well as fix the culture in the locker room.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. The positive thing in recruiting is you still got 19 really good commits in 2023. We have about 15 kids that are real legit targets that are blue-chip caliber players still on board, potentially, to finish out this class over the last final month. Uh, Just 2024 is looking bright. There's a lot of positive momentum with kids in that class. Like we were just talking about, Michael Van Buren, Aaron Norland, those are two... Jaden Rashada type quarterbacks in the next class that are seemingly high on the Hurricanes. And CJ Bailey is also a four-star kid that can bring you a cluster of kids in that in that class as well. So the future is still bright. There, there's still a ton of talent in this class. You still have a quarterback commit in Emory Williams, who, who, is, who is very talented. The arm talent is there. He's probably more prototypical size, arm strength, everything else-wise than Jaden Rashada. So you got to look at it from that perspective, but but yeah, yeah, we just gotta gotta fix the depth, gotta gotta fix the injuries going forward, and, and and gotta gotta build the culture of this team so you're not losing players midway through the year anymore,
0: especially to rivals like Florida. So that's like <laughs> that that's another thing to kind of look forward to because Miami does play Florida. Not next year, but 24 and 25. So potentially Jaden Rashada could be quarterbacking the Gators in 25 at Hard Rock Stadium. That's that's oh a boy. You, <laughs> you know, so that that's that's something to look forward to. Um because yeah, that that could be that could go down as one of those moments where okay, well, that 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 kind of you know builds this rivalry even more than. <laughs> than what it already is. But um, so, yeah, that, that's something to look forward to. We'll be looking forward to this game Saturday. Miami travels to Georgia Tech, 3.30 p.m. kickoff. And, of course, we'll be providing live updates on canescounty.com. Anything else you want to touch on, Frank? I mean, we are going into the first week of high school football playoffs.
1: Any yeah, I think that excites you. Yeah, I mean, listen, I want everybody to head to Can- head to our, our website, Canes County, and and take a look at the high school preview that we put out. Um, it, it, there's some there's five or six really good games, especially that IMG St. Francis game. Uh, there's a number of of potential guys that are that are that could end up in this class late in this cycle that we should watch. Samson Oak and Lola's of the world, the Damari Browns the Chris Johnsons, even Mark Fletcher is still a flip candidate. I don't think that Jaden Rashada pushes that off. So there's still some things to watch. Please keep tapped into Keynes County. We got your recruiting coverage wrapped up for you guys over the last month of this cycle. Absolutely.
0: As we roll into National Signing Day, which is a little bit over a month away. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast.